We've also got people that are now executives that have no four-year degree. Because work experience, give me common sense and work experience every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Welcome to BizCast Radio Lacrosse, a weekly podcast from Biz News. We bring you news out of the business community. I am your host, Vicki Markison, and joining me today is Mark Glendenning. You are the third generation owner of Inland. Give some of the history. What people around town would know as Inland Printing is actually Inland Packaging. 100% of what we do is flexible packaging and or primary labels. Today, we've got three factories in La Crosse, plus a warehouse, and then we've got three additional factories outside of La Crosse, one in Nina, Wisconsin, one in just outside of Milwaukee, and then one just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It all began with my grandfather, John Glendenning. And so one day, 1944, he's in La Crosse, says, boy, I'd love to move my family here. Owner of his supplier says, well, John, your luck, Inland Printing down the street is for sale. Grandpa walked down the street, bought the business, moved his family, and that family included my six-year-old father, Jack. The business that Grandpa bought in 1944 was exactly the same business in 1960. Same technology, same process, same customers, and my dad wanted none of that. My dad is really the one who built our vision, which is growth for customers, growth for our team, and growth for our communities. And so he took us into new technology. He's also the one that made the best decision, which was taking us into labels in the 70s. We started to do more and more beer customers and really more and more beverage customers. Mm -hmm. And that's really where we grew. And then I'd say in the 90s, we started to pick up some food customers. And that really grew because as we really, the ocean that used to be beer became more of a pond. (laughs) We had to find a new ocean and that was food. And so then we went into food. So let's talk workforce. You are a leader, I'll just say, because you've had different roles in TUMA, the Upper Mississippi Manufacturers Association, right? Yep. And that group, so that's a merger. So I used to work with Emma, which was just the metal manufacturers, and right. Fran, which was the food manufacturers. Yeah. And yeah. so now TUMA. Seven Rivers. Yeah. Right when they did all the clusters. Yes. And interesting because we had a printing cluster out of that. You, you did. didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it fell apart because. Other than the screen printers, there just wasn't any, there was nothing that held us together. And the Emma guys did hold together because they were all metal manufacturers. Yes. And so that was like the cluster that really stuck. Yep. We actually used them to grow into Tuma, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool, right? So is that 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 all, because it's a great idea. The idea to get like-minded people to band together, even though their products are extremely different, is I think a really powerful tool. And we talked earlier, I always equated to a circus tent. I'm interested in a really big circus tent. I think we want to attract, whether it's new people moving into the Cooley region and or certainly students get as many kids excited about all the different opportunities in manufacturing. And the cool thing about manufacturing is, you know, I'm a manufacturer, so I love it anyway, but we have so many different career paths in manufacturing. And I don't think people really understand that. So Forget the factory floor. We have sales and marketing and finance and accounting and human resources and purchasing and IT and engineering and on and mm-hmm. on. Right? So we've got all mm-hmm. of these office careers and we're very lucky in, in our area to have TC and, and UWL and the Turbo. And so that, that's been really wonderful to be able to stock our office space. But then factory floor, TC's done a great job with their integrated technology center and all the things that they've been doing forever and ever. They're electromechanical for maintenance, those types of things. But getting school kids, 
interested. You know, we, in, in the old days, I will tell you, and with the amount of family farms we still have around here, we always had a ready-made stock of kids who knew how knew the sound of machinery, knew how to use machinery, were not afraid of machinery. <laughs> and typically, a day of working at Inland was a heck of a lot easier <laughs> day of milking cows. Yes. Right? With, without a doubt. And I think we've lost a bit of that. And so the important part of, I think, groups like Tuma is to connect back into schools and allow teachers, first teachers, then students, and just as importantly, parents, to see what manufacturing is today. Because I will tell you the whole dirty, dark, and dangerous still is there because a lot of the kids haven't seen modern manufacturing. A lot of parents haven't seen modern manufacturing but a lot of parents worked in dirty, dark, dangerous. And I will tell you, it's just today, it's anything but. And as an example, our newest presses, you're looking at a, what I would call a 60-ton locomotive that's run by a set of computers. And so you come in and you look at our operators, and not only do they have a couple of screens for their work instructions and SOPs and all those things, but they're also working with computer screens all over that machine to, to operate it. And so, again, the amount of automation that's come into play over the last 10 to 15 years is amazing. And I will tell you the amount of automation, the acceleration of automation into almost all manufacturing is truly breathtaking. And the biggest issue is probably supply chain crunch, workforce crunch. Everybody's struggling with it. Yeah, you and I were saying that we feel like we've hit a tipping point. So the need has been there for a decade plus to get people to not pursue. In fact, I remember you and I having a conversation probably about eight years ago of how do we stop the four-year college being an automatic, that that's the end goal. How do we show these alternatives? And I think we've hit the tipping point, and this is my opinion, but you can share your own. I think we've hit the tipping point because you have such massive school debt And the amount of money that you can make not going into debt is significant. And so we've had a tipping point where it's really, do I want the debt or do I go with less time or on-the-job training and make a significant career and life for my family? Yeah, I I totally agree. And and there's some really interesting statistics. In fact, uh, there was a Harvard study done in 2018 that I've globbed onto because, A, if it's Harvard, then everybody believes it (laughs) or some people do. That the amount of four-year and beyond college degree degreed jobs where mm-hmm. you need that college degree is about 33%. And it was maybe in the 20s, in the 60s. So that's an increase, but not nearly the increase of sending 60% of our high school seniors onto some kind of four-year school. Mm-hmm. And really, the explosion has occurred in the need for some form of technical education beyond what they can get in high school. And what's cool, and and I'll come back to this, is that and now some of that is actually being installed into high schools, which is really, really cool. But Mm -hmm. so the amount of skilled or technical certified or degreed positions has grown from about 10% in the 60s to about 60% now. Wow. And so then the final point of the math is, so in 1960, 60% was unskilled. You could come right out of college or high school and or not even graduate from high school and get a job. And today that's down to about 10%. Wow. Especially, and again, this is based upon what you would call a career job. Mm -hmm. 
So, and I think that absolutely fits the profile that we look at when we look at what we need in our business. And sure. quite honestly, we're trying to, the goal, the goal is to really eliminate the unskilled need and make sure that everything that we have is a really a, a great job or really a, we want, we think in terms of a professional job. Sure. And the interesting thing about Tuma is it's that collective need, right? So you have, obviously, Inland has resources. You can try to make these inroads, but by showing mass and uniting, you can have a bigger impact. I know there's federal grants saying, oh, there's a cluster of manufacturing in this area. Let's provide some workforce training grants. Can you explain the benefits of Tuma? Yeah, so that is a huge benefit. Grant, grant givers have become much smarter around wanting to see folks working together. They want to see, again, that bigger tent. So the larger tent you're able to show that, hey, this is this has broad appeal. This isn't just a fraction of the potential workforce. This is broad appeal across a lot of the potential workforce. That's much more enticing to people that are giving, trying to give money to things. And you and I talked earlier, too, about Wisconsin, the whole ACP, Academic Career Planning, mm-hmm. the, that that getting really traction into high schools has been fun to see. And it got not back again. You and I talked a little mm-hmm. about COVID. It certainly knocked a lot of things back, but it's coming on hot and heavy. And then the whole idea of youth apprenticeship, the whole idea of work experience, uh, actual work experience in potential careers is really exciting. And I will tell you that unites the TUMA members because we do tours. Uh, All of us, we've got a couple of youth apprenticeship going right now, and we're working on actually creating our own in in a couple of high need areas, as an example. And then, like I said, there's no welding at Inland. So if you want to be a welder, it's great that I've got other partner manufacturers within TUMA who do welding. Mm -hmm. And, And the other thing is what a kid thinks he wants to do in eighth grade or ninth grade is welding. Maybe by the time he's a senior, he would prefer to be a printer or doing a graphic artist or whatever. So that's the other thing. You want that big tent so that you can get multiple experiences. And yeah, I did. This isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I like this a lot better. And that's why I think you want the big tent. Yeah. And you want the flexibility for them to do that exploration before they spend $1 on higher Absolutely. education. Not that there's anything wrong with that higher education. No, but and, and we're going to need it, right? But we don't need it to the extent that it's grown. And the old days, a four-year degree got you a good job. That was true 30, 40 years ago, but it cost a lot less too. And so today, if you're not getting a specific skill out of your four-year degree, quite honestly, you're foolish to go to college. And it just actually absolutely crazy. And quite honestly, we you come to Inland as, let's say you, you, let's say you youth apprenticeship in high school with Inland and you show promise. You're going to have a job with good money right out of high school. And then let's say you show additional aptitude and maybe, hey, I started out on this machine and now I want to fix those machines. <laughs> We're going to send you to TC and you're going to get a two-year degree on on our dime. And then you show competence in that career and all of a sudden you, hey, I want to manage people. We send people to then get their two plus two and now get a management degree and uh, we're happy to do it. And we've also got people that are now executives that have no four-year degree because work experience I, I will I give me common sense and work experience every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah. So it's been interesting over the last, I'd say, 10 years to see federal programs, state programs really embracing how do we develop the, the ACP, academic career academic plan. Academic yep, yeah. yeah. So they have to have, they have to identify what career their abilities and their interests align with. There's okay. now going to be some workforce requirements, actually getting jobs. As, yep. Uh, graduation requirement. I'm, I know this because you told me this, so I don't look like I'm the expert, no, but 
You regurgitated that very I well. I did. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the word. <laughs> so the point, though, is that there's actually a pathway that they understand where they're headed and can get some applied knowledge, get their hands wet, get their brains engaged. That's scary. Do you know it's actually called pathways? They're career pathways. Yeah. Yeah. I had kids on those career pathways. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah they yeah, were part of exactly, that. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly it. And the cool thing is there's 11 already identified in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about being a manufacturer is eight of those 11 pathways, we have those careers in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really cool. This has been BizCast Greater Lacrosse with my guest, Mark Glendening, owner of Inland Packaging. I'm your host, Vicki Markison. We'll catch you next week.